the first things you kind of like learn about Boxable, it's like 20 by 20, 400 square feet. This is the Battle Proof Podcast with your host, Chris James. Cool. Sounds good. Let's do it. So, Gadiano, like, I just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast. What's happening at Boxable today? Things are going uh, really well. We have quite an amazing trajectory. We actually just finished a few days ago our first order, uh, big order for the United States federal government of 156 houses. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And now we're going to basically take everything we learned there and improve our our product and our our manufacturing process for for kind of the next phase. That's that's very cool. Now, like seeing what Box was about, like, you know, saying the instant house, the mission is to significantly lower the cost of home ownership for everyone. These are these are great things to say. Um, I've actually done a tour of Boxable, so I've been there myself and seen the unit. Um, oh, cool. I think the key thing for me, because you know, I, I've been, I've been in the building business for about twenty years with my brother, and uh, when you uh, have these units, modular or whatever, is like the floors are like kind of bouncy, and you kind of feel like maybe it's not quite kind of. Um, you know, sturdy as a normal house, but the key, you know, one thing I was looking out for is a sturdy floor, and Boxable certainly has a sturdy floor. It feels, um, it feels really cool. So, like, how ha- how do you guys deal with that floor? Because it hasn't got that floating floor feel. So, like, are you able to kind of share how you managed to do that? Yeah. So when we build these houses, we're actually not using any of the traditional building methods. Mm-hmm. So, like, usually they would be you know, lumber frame, wood and nails. And we're not doing that. Um, we have a, a whole different method. And it's basically, a, it's a laminated panel system. Um, and, and the reason we chose the different building materials were to speed up the manufacturing process okay. by simplifying it and reducing the amount of components, um, reduce the cost as a result as well. Uh, and uh, another benefit was the, the, the building's just better and stronger. Uh, so the floors, walls, and ceilings are all made with this new method of building. And the end result is a, a house that is outperforming on everything that, you know, compared to the house you might live in now, where we're having um, hurricane wind ratings, um, the huge insulation values, um, fire resistance. And actually, our floor is just as strong as our roof. It's exactly the same as our roof, which is rated for you know, quite a lot of snow load as well. Okay, cool. So like being in Florida, there's a lot of hurricane coding and stuff like that. Is that like, say for a boxable for the future in Florida, is is it already up to hurricane code or would you have to, would that be like an upgrade if you live in Florida or one of those kind of hurricane states? No, we're, we're all good for Florida. So that's like hurricane spin speed winds, uh, Miami, Florida, really the worst conditions in the country. All of our houses can handle that. And, you know, we intentionally designed the house to exceed all these various requirements so that we would have one universal product that can just really work everywhere. Like marketing wise, um, being like, you know, I guess like it's like 400 square foot because it's 20, 20 by 20, uh, 50 grand is what you're kind of aiming for. So about $125 a square foot, which actually is amazing price for 2022. And if you look at any other modular companies, they're they're like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars a square foot when they're doing small, smaller buildings. It's almost like you get um, like killed. Like if you want to build a smaller unit, like the square footage goes up. But you guys are starting at a reasonable square footage price on a on a small uh, unit. So I think that that definitely gives you um, one over all the others, right? Like um, especially like in California. 
uh, where a lot of people are putting units in their backyards. Obviously, you've, you've, you're just wrapping up this government job, but the um, orders that you have, uh, reservations, is you know getting to like crazy numbers, which is like great for forecasting and everything. But where do you see like for just like one-off sales and stuff? Where do you think? These are they going to be in people's backyards, or are there people actually putting in orders? Go, hey, I want to do a street of these and actually offer like affordable dwelling units, which there aren't any companies really offering affordable dwelling units right now. Yeah, so uh, the price is extremely important. The goal of the company is to have kind of the lowest priced housing solution ever and achieve that through the, these new methods and this new technology, but. Um, you know, if you look at it on a per square foot basis, it can be a little misleading because a smaller building is always going to be a higher square foot than a uh, price than a larger building. Right. Even though it's cheaper. Yeah. Because you, you still probably only have one kitchen. You know, a bigger house is just probably more empty space. Right. So um, as we go up and our, as our system goes up to bigger buildings, which we can build as well, our square footage price also will go down. But uh, we do have a, a crazy wait list for the product. Yeah. Scott you know, over 100,000 names on it now, uh, tons of really big orders, uh, tons of small orders. We're just going to try to carefully approach it. Probably a percentage of our production go to each one and hopefully have um, some more little villages going up soon and have some onesies in, in people's backyards as well. The only thing that's slowing us down on that front is we're still waiting to get the government approvals for the state modular mm -hmm. certification. Um, so as usual, the government bureaucracy is, is hurting everyone. Um, so that's a little bit frustrating, but I think, you know, a few more months and we'll have that, uh, in the meantime, we'll, we'll just look for other projects that don't require any permits. Uh, you know, of course the government doesn't follow their own rules. So this first project we had with the, with the military did not require the permits. Right. I think also like the land that Battle Approve has as well. So we're going from 200 acres to 400 acres, only like under two hours away from your uh, manufacturing facility at the moment. Um, you call it a prototype building. It's a large prototype building. It's like almost 180,000 square feet. Do, do you plan on uh, building larger facilities in the same area? Or do you plan on going like, hey, this is like North Vegas. We can find, we can do this a little bit cheaper. Or are you, you going to kind of stay, stay quite loyal to Vegas in the first couple of years in expansion? Yeah, and and for anyone that doesn't who's listening that doesn't know about Boxable, um, we we have a new type of modular house product. We've set up a large factory in Las Vegas. We're just getting started. We have we have grand plans to scale this thing up uh, to a huge degree, and this first. Uh, factory is 170,000 square feet. We think it'll make several thousand uh, houses per year, mm -hmm. but we're looking to go big uh, as soon as we've kind of proven out all the technology, which is basically happening right now. Um, so that hopefully we get into something that's 10 or 20 times larger, has a higher degree of, of automation and vertical integration and all the other benefits we would get with scale uh, to bring the cost down and the, the quality up. And uh, I think that can be right here in Vegas. Okay. Uh, plenty of demand for it here. Yeah. And then, uh, but we'll we'll shop around and see what we can get. And um, maybe um, also after that next factory is up, we'll look to put copies of that factory strategically located in a few other places around the country. Uh, but the idea really is that the fact that our houses fold up to ship so they can ship at the lowest cost yeah. will enable us to scale production. Whereas any existing factory built home producer really is stuck with a small factory because their shipping 
radius is limited. So they can never scale production. And that's one of the reasons I believe factory-built housing has basically failed to, to gain market share. Yeah, it's like when you go down the freeway and you, you're being held up and you're not sure why, and then you kind of see this says wide, wide load or something, like they're kind of pulling yep. like an old mobile unit. And you guys can, like what, what kind of width does it go to when it folds? Is it like about eight foot or something? Yeah, so our houses fold up from 20 feet wide down to eight and a half feet. Eight and a half. And that makes them just highway legal at the lowest possible cost. Yeah. A traditional modular unit is generally 14 feet wide, which is basically an, an illegal load on the highway and, you know, incurs massive extra costs. Uh, oftentimes they have um, extra cars required, so not just the truck carrying the load, but another car with flags on it falling behind. Yeah, yeah. Obviously that's going to double the cost and then they have restricted routes and permitting and sometimes police escorts and uh, restricted travel times and it's just a disaster to move an over wide load and it's not feasible it doesn't work at all that's why you have 90 percent of buildings are just built by hand out on site uh, so we think that you know now that we've solved that shipping solution we're going to have a better way to build that's way cheaper and faster for almost all buildings so it's quite a big opportunity we have if we get it right Take battle approved wherever you go 24-7. We're worldwide, baby. Well, I think the great thing about this if anyone hasn't heard of Boxable, is that you're saying, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. But in fact, you actually are doing it. I've seen it with my own eyes, so it's very, very cool. I'm a, I'm a big fan of names and brands, and I, I really like the name Boxable. Like, did anyone in particular come up with that name? Was it like, kind of like a number of people around a table? Or did it just like come to someone like? Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, it is um, a good name, actually. I like it a lot. And <laughs> it was just something we came up with early on. Uh, I think it was just three of us working on the project back then and we had a group chat going and somehow the, the idea, someone threw out that name and, and we stuck with it. And, uh, you know, you're right about us actually doing this because, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of, you know, hardware manufacturing, they, they can't really, they kind of fail to get going. Right. And we have really quickly done everything we said we were going to do. Uh, and frankly, I think it's amazing because I wasn't sure what we could actually do when we started. But we managed to put up a huge factory, hire several hundred people, turn it on an assembly line that is cranking out this brand new product category. So um, it's, it's pretty great. And the, the team we have um, is, is really top notch making it happen. When you said when you first started and it was just maybe just like an idea or you, you kind of had it, like who, who were the three people? Um, yeah, so it was uh, myself, uh, my father, Paolo, and another guy named Kyle Denman. The three of us started the company and we just, you know, had that initial idea to fold up the house and not much more. And then we started doing some work on it and got some traction and continued to do research and development and testing on alternative building materials and eventually built some prototypes and got more and more interest. And then at some point, I kind of figured out how to use social media marketing 
in a way that was really effective to drive a huge, crazy amount of interest to what we're doing and get all the resources we need to, to get us up and going. Yeah, you definitely got a lot of traction. Um, that's for sure. Like y- your father, you know, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page saying that he's an industrial designer and has done a lot of patents, etc. I'm taking that was like, you know, to have that experience um, and to have your father in, in this kind of line of work, that's obviously kind of helped move this project rather quickly right and then were, were you on it were you in on this idea from the beginning or was it like you and your dad speaking and you go hey i think we could do this is there like a brainchild to just like the the idea yeah so so paolo's background is intellectual property licensing essentially what he's done for the past 30 years is invent stuff draw them on the computer in 3d get a patent on them and then sell the patent so the idea to fold the house was one of his inventions that actually came a long time ago, like 15 years ago, uh, but nothing okay. was ever done with it until 2017 when I was just uh, working on a, on a different business, living up in Northern California and just looking for new, new ideas. And I just one day said to my dad, Hey, remember that folding house idea? You know, do you want to take a look at that? And, and uh, he said, sure, let's, let's try it. And then we just made the first website, which just had some like 3d renders and stuff on it. And, kind of built it from from there uh, it's, it's it's quite remarkable so um i think i've seen a few things saying that this the this, this government order this this 200 units did you say that's pretty much like wrapped up now or close to wrapping up yeah we just finished uh just finished manufacturing of 156 units um so it was about a uh, nine nine and a half million dollar contract and uh pretty amazing pretty amazing that we even got the order and, and pulled it off Yeah. because actually when they first came, when the government first approached us about it, we didn't have anything at that point. We just had a prototype we had three prototypes that I basically built by hand mm-hmm. uh, and we had a very small little warehouse. We didn't have the factory we have now. Uh, the government eventually came and visited and I gave them a tour of the building we have now when it was empty, just an empty shell before we even had a lease on it. Actually, uh, we showed them the whole building and I was like, all right guys, like, yeah, I'd love the order, but just so you understand our stage, we, you know, this is an empty building and no, no factory, <laughs> but they still went ahead and, and said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, we en- we ended up being able to deliver. So that was great. So you think that was a bit of um, where kind of luck and timing meets and it just worked out. But obviously you got to work hard to like get those contacts and stuff, but I'm, I'm a big believer in hard work and, but luck and timing is everything. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a luck angle to everything in life but um i don't really believe in luck too much i think it's more about persistence mm-hmm. like if you just keep trying and trying and trying and trying like you're gonna win you know like if you, if you have a dice and you roll the dice and you want to get a number two you roll the dice once and you get a number two that's luck but if you just keep rolling the dice until you get the number two that's not luck that's just you know persistence. Yeah, yeah. So that that's really the most important thing I think for anyone in life and any entrepreneur especially. Let us know what guests you'd like to hear on the show by sending a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Follow us on all socials at Battle Approved. That's at Battle Approved.
Are you able to talk about, so, you know, we've got this 20 by 20 box, tens of thousands of people are excited about this. Where do you see like interlinking these? Like obviously you could put one like boxes, you can just put boxes together and put them on top of each other. But do you think like in like when you've really got the things rolling, do you think there'd be like different size boxes that will kind of shape like a future house of tomorrow kind of thing? Yeah, a lot of people see us and just think that we are, you know, tiny house company, but that's not the case at all. Um, that's just a way that we thought it would be easy to get started with this, this simple defined product that's smaller uh, and easier to get going with. And we noticed the backyard accessory dwelling unit market in, in California that's, you know, new and emerging as a result of new, new laws they have there. But the idea is that our building system will consist of different size room modules, so bigger ones, Mm-hmm. and different interior configurations so maybe one kitchen box and a bedroom box uh, and then you stack and connect those to, to basically build almost every residential building type and other building types you know under the sun anywhere on the planet this is really big it's a really big idea a really big market we think um you know we'll be able to build a, a thousand unit apartment building with our system or single family residential or all the way down to the casita and hopefully everything in between uh the way that it's being built right now like say it was an apartment complex or something like how many stories up do you think you can go i believe the current engineering is approved up to three stories but um the next gen should be able to go higher than that there's a video on youtube on our youtube channel of us actually stacking it up as well okay that's interesting i know that um i think like yeah, like in Florida, like in, in apartments or condos I've been, I think like once you get to a fourth floor, then you have to have a, you have to have elevators as well. Like what if you go four and up, then you have to have an elevator in the apartment as well. Would the um would the flooring stay the same or do you think like oh you you could I guess like concrete is would that be an option for a bigger building well, or something? Yeah, I mean, right now we're trying to keep everything really simple and, and standardized and the same because A, we have so much demand yeah. for it, and B, we want to be really good at it before we expand anything. So, you know, right now it's it's yeah. just this one product, but eventually we'll have a whole lineup. We'll have different um, configurations people can do. We'll have a 3D builder where they can choose different flooring. And, you know, that's kind of all in the, in the works for, for future ideas. Well, we're, we're excited enough to, you know, want to partner up with Boxable and put in like, you know, we, we will kind of do one a little street or something, like maybe start like with five of them or something. Right. Uh, for sure on our land. I mean, we, we, you know, we're doing an off-road motorsports park. Nice. Um, you know, just like it kind of like a golf course community but for people in off-road um so you can you could really you know we want it to be like all high class really really cool modern you know very different to what's been done before i i, I like uh the different options that you guys are offering in the future uh being in arizona i quite like or you know if it was nevada or I guess like New Mexico, just around those kind of states. Like I, I personally like that Adobe look. Like so, I know that you've kind of done a few kind of renderings. Like oh, you can have an Adobe edition, you can have this edition and stuff. And so there will be a bit of choice. Oh yeah, and even right now, you know, we are providing this product, but it's not necessarily, you know, a finished building ready to move into on the land. It's a, a product for builders to dramatically speed up their build time. Most of the hard work is done, but that doesn't mean you can't tweak it. So you can customize it, like. These renderings we have, the idea there is that you would kind of attach a different facade to the front of it, like, you know, stone look or a stucco look right. or a, 
a siding look or you know whatever you want do you think um so do you think i haven't even thought about that when you just said that but like you know even like builders you're probably going to have partnership with builders as well right where the builder can like do a lot of that kind of middleman stuff like you're saying this is going to potentially be like the new way of building do you foresee a lot of like basically you, you working with a lot of builders yeah we have a huge interest from like builders installers contractors all over um we actually just did a deal with the, the biggest mm -hmm. one uh in the country which is dr horton they are you know the biggest home builder mm -hmm. in the usa they put um in an order for for 100 units and they're also providing other resources to us so mm -hmm. you know the idea is that we might be a better way for them to build and that they would rather not do it the way they're doing it which yeah. is slow and difficult and if we can shortcut for them them for that then they would they would love it uh so it's pretty cool that they've even identified us as a potential solution because they know they know their stuff you know I like the way you're saying maybe and potential, but yeah, like after visiting the factory, I, I became even more of a fan actually seeing it in real life. Thank you. You know, I, I personally think this this is a solution or you know a solution that is needed, one hundred percent. Because now with um, building materials going up and stuff, it's quite hard. You know, I've done a few homeowner builds with my brother, and like now that would be a little bit harder to do. You know, if you got to sub out work, plus you know wherever you are in the country. Or wherever your lot is and you want to build and you have people come out and services i'm just hearing a lot of nightmares right now where like people will like want to charge three or four times the amount just to do a survey even to get going hey it's just a survey i just want the four corners done well if i drive out to you it's going to be this that and the other and you can just you might as well just add that to every market like oh if you want to do monolithic pad and you've got to do the rebar you've got to do the walls and and then the carpentry oh yeah um i'm, I'm finding I'm finding I'm not hearing any good stories, you know, so like I'm kind of going, you know what, like if it can be built in a factory delivered to you and like the way Boxable is saying, it's like that would actually be a dream come true in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, Bu building construction is incredibly complicated and expensive and the market's splintered. There's really no major players. There's, you're always dealing with these individual small, you know, contractors, you know, even even the actual big guys like DR Horton. They're just contracting all the all the work out to small companies. So um, there's not a lot of consistency either. Yeah. This is the Battle of Proof podcast with your host, Chris James. So what's what's your background? What what did you do before you went? Hey, Dad, let's 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 jump on this uh, this concept you came up with twelve years ago. What were you doing before? Well, uh, I've always you know been an entrepreneur and started my own businesses and all kind of different stuff. Um, a couple of the more successful ventures um, back in twenty twelve, I started a company that was basically a Bitcoin exchange. Um, so that did really well, and you know uh -huh. also not just the business, but I was also a big believer in Bitcoin back then. So I actually kind of dumped all my money into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, af after that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a lot and of then, people <laughs> uh, after that, um, I moved up, I was originally from Connecticut. Then I moved up to Northern California and started a large marijuana farming operation and uh, hash oil production facility and wholesale distribution. Um, and that was, 
pretty crazy experience actually as you might imagine um and then uh <laughs> it, it really sounds like was. a tv show yeah, so much crazy stuff <laughs> and then wh- while i was working on that i started working on box ball on the side and eventually just realized it was a huge opportunity and decided to go go all in on it did you ever get involved in the whole cbd type thing one of the things i did was i set up like a large extraction facility which looked like kind of like a almost like mm-hmm. a chemistry lab it was crazy um huge learning curve there just to figure it out like from no experience at all to this you know volatile extraction lab um you know fractional distillation um all these all these different chemicals and and all that basically turning the you know the, the plant matter waste from the farms into oil that went into the, the vape cartridges and, and stuff like that was that kind of e- like i guess like when you were doing that were you kind of passionate about doing it at the time or well you know anything i do that's a business i end up just kind of getting obsessed with and becoming an expert on um while i'm figuring out the angle mm. that i need to to make money on it um but i mean it was it was a great experience um and then by the end it just um a there was there was too much regulatory nonsense with all the constantly changing laws, the, the mm-hmm. federal prohibition, the state legalization. Obviously, it was it was a big operation. It made a lot of money, but not. But there was a limit to how big that could become. With Boxable, there's there's really no limit. I mean, I, I feel like Boxable is like just such a massive project. So eventually, uh, once I felt it taking off, I, I just took my family and went to Vegas and pursued that full time. This factory, like, would I? I'm just. I would say it's like North Vegas, right? So you just go up the freeway. And then there's almost like a connect, like this whole area where your um, warehouse is. Um, so you go north of Vegas Strip, and then it kind of then goes to the left, and there's this whole new freeway kind of system, and there's a whole load of homes being built there. Is there, you know, when I was looking, I was I was looking on Zillow, you know, I was, I was kind of, hey, this is a cool place. Maybe we can have like um, a battle approved facility here as well. But I kind of noticed that there wasn't really anything for sale, like even just like looking on Zillow, but then there's a whole bunch of land kind of north oh. of that and everything. But I don't know if that's just like military land or BLM land or like, can you expand in that area that you are? Or is it pretty much like mm, you can't really go much further out from that road? Well, you know, there are options for land that we're looking at with like a few hundred acres. Uh, there's some off market stuff, but unfortunately, even though there's land <laughs> everywhere here and we're in the middle of a completely empty desert for hundreds of miles in every direction. Uh, the, the government stepped in and decided to create a big problem there mm. by, you know, having BLM, the federal government, own all of that land, nothing for sale. So, you know, that's just not good. And right. it, it's a huge problem. Like, for example, here in Vegas, housing costs and rising population, there's literally no land to build more houses. Well, yeah. Like I said, there is land to build more houses, but none that can be used. So, now everyone's facing rising housing costs as a result of some bureaucratic nightmare where they've decided to lock off a bunch of empty desert land for no good reason. Yeah, the I mean, that's a whole different subject right now, but like you could look at a whole bunch of subjects and say things aren't going too well, but in the property market, especially houses, um, it's gone crazy, right? It's like everything else has kind of dropped, but then housing prices has gone up. Like not just a little bit, like a lot over the last two years yeah. <laughs> like to the point where it's on a to the to the point where it is actually unaffordable e- even if like a couple like were b- both 
both partners were making good money and stuff. It's like so expensive now where each couple would still probably have to speak to their parents to have them help them out, even get a small place. It's gone yeah, so crazy. It's, it's not good. And there's um, a whole bunch of different factors there. Um, moving populations is, is one of them. Uh, but of course, the big one is, is inflation and, mm. and money printing by the government. They've done something like more than doubled the, the entire money supply in the last two years. So uh, the sad thing about when they do that is, um, you know, wages don't go up as fast as inflation goes up. So then anyone right. who holds assets, like anybody who's rich, right. who owns stocks or real estate, that's going to inflate in value and they're going to be fine. But anyone who's a working stiff is just going to get completely screwed and, and squeezed. Um, so it's just, it's horrible. It's a, it's a huge secret hidden tax on the working class. Uh, I absolutely hate it. Do you think whether, I mean, I don't even know if this is the right question to ask or not, but like what's just going through my head freestyle wise is like whether things are getting expensive or property drops, like either way, up or down, like does that affect your business platform in any way? Um, yeah, I think that really no matter what, we're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have like a luxury product that spending is going to be limited on. Mm -hmm. We're going for the lowest cost product. So that's, and it's housing. Right. So it's always going to be in demand. Right now, the demand is so insane right. for any housing that no one can ever meet it. You know, we could have 20 boxable factories. We would never need it. Yeah. But what I expect is going to happen as a result of interest rates <laughs> rising is that, um, you know, demand will, will go down and prices will not go up as fast on things like raw materials. And um, hopefully we'll be in a situation where we can actually buy stuff because one problem we've had lately is there's just so much uh, you know, That'd be good. money printing going on in demand that no one can buy anything for manufacturing. So you pretty much everything under the sun has a shortage yeah. um, and price increases. So, you know, I think if, if we experience a little bit of a downturn, that will all lighten up and make it easier for us to buy things. So kind of looking, looking forward to that happening uh, because it's been so difficult to get anything. I mean, the supply chain is a disaster. So, you know, hopefully that'll lighten up. Follow us on all socials at Battle Approved. That's at Battle Approved. Are you and your dad, like, are you guys, like, into cars or any form of motorsports well, or anything? Actually, my dad definitely is. He has kind of a side hobby project where he's built uh, kind of a, a supercar where he's oh, yeah? built. It's a mid-engine, uh, Camoli steel tube-frame chassis with mostly GM parts in it. And yeah. It's got like a 2,000 horsepower engine, um, and uh, he's he's engineered everything from scratch, like transmission, everything, had it all made. And um, he's got a little uh, workshop with that stuff in there, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, maybe next time you're in, in Vegas, you can come take a peek at that. Um, and then we also have a little garage of some off-road vehicles, so I've got a bunch of dirt bikes and I've got the side-by-side. -side. So it's really nice because the desert is so close to the factory. I can just go. I don't have to trailer or anything. I just go <laughs> get in it, drive it on the road over to the trail, and go for a spin for like half an hour and come back. That's awesome. Uh, super convenient. Have you ever been to the uh, uh, the museum of like, 
you know, how Vegas started, like from the mafia on, like that little kind of museum. I, I don't know what it's called. You know, I, I, the mob museum. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I tried to go there and they were so crazed about masks that they kicked me out after like five minutes. <laughs> and okay. I was wearing a mask, by the way. I would, um, as things are opening up now and like, it's, it's so cool. It's just like, cause that, that's really the vibe of it. Like, just, it, it could take you back in time. Like, you don't really hear about that anymore. The same thing, like, you don't hear about Elvis anymore. There's the Elvis movie coming out that will be interesting. But, um, yeah, that mob museum, like, it might just be like an hour of time, but like. Yeah, no, the story, the story is, is cool. I mean, I know all the history of it and it's definitely, you know, really interesting. It's so cool. Do you think, um, do you think there could be like a, a boxable town or city one uh, day? Yeah, uh, we definitely have some plans. So, you know, we'll see what the customers want to do with them. And I'm sure we'll have little villages going up. Hey, Galeano, I really appreciate it, man. Sure. And everyone, just so you know, there's going to be a part two. It's going to be in video. It's going to be in Vegas. So if you want to ask a question to Galeano about Boxable, please send an email to... Bam, B-A-M, Bam, at battleapproved.com. That's Bam, B-A-M, for mother, at battleapproved.com. And you can also ask a question about Battle Approved, or to myself as well. So look forward to your questions. We will see you next time.